welcome to Escape Artists. I'm your host, fiction author and creative entrepreneur Marisha Pink, and this is episode four. I'm bouncing off of the walls a little bit today because earlier this week I finally finished the first draft of my second novel, Last Piece of Me. For those of you who have been following along on my newsletter, you'll know that it's been a particular struggle and a particular slog trying to get this first draft finished. And so I'm really excited that after so many months, I finally got something to show for my efforts. I'm going to be moving on to the editing process next week, which I really enjoy, and I hope that the book will be available for sale in November. So stay tuned and I will definitely keep you updated on my progress. Since finishing the first draft, I've been enjoying some much-needed downtime, but I did find the time to catch up with a very talented young lady indeed. My guest today is Hannah Arzen, who is a freelance illustrator based out in Berlin. And Hannah's story is quite interesting, because what Hannah was doing previously would be considered quite exciting for most people. She worked for a music company as a media and communications manager, and she had all kinds of perks to her job, such as travel and attendance at free gigs. But that's not where her passion lay. And after three years of working really, really hard, she suddenly had an epiphany and she realised that she didn't feel passionate about the work that she was doing. And she didn't want to wake up in 10 years time, not having pursued her creative ambitions. So after a couple of months of preparing, Hannah finally made the leap and began life as a full-time illustrator. She has a particular interest in illustrating children's books, but she also takes on editorial work and commissions from private clients. She has produced illustrations for Broken London, the New York Tartan Week, and you can also find some of her prints for sale on the Scotland Now shop. Later this year, Hannah plans to open her very own Etsy store, and if you stay tuned till the end of the interview, you'll also find out how you could be in with a chance of winning one of Hannah's original illustrated greeting cards. Full show notes are available at marishapink.com as usual. And don't forget that if you're listening on iTunes, you can hit the subscribe button to make sure you get notified when the next podcast episode is available. Hannah has got some really practical tips on breaking into the world of illustration. So I really hope that if there's any budding illustrators out there that you find this episode useful. I'm really interested to hear what you think of this episode, so don't forget that you can post a comment on my website, marishapink.com, or hit me up on Twitter, at marishapink. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Escape Artists, Hannah. It's nice to have you on the show. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do and where you do it from? Because you're my, my first international guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a freelance illustrator and I live and work in Berlin. Um, I'm really interested in children's book illustration, but I also do other types of illustration, including editorial and different projects for different clients. Um, and I also make and sell prints. All very arty-farty, and it's very good. <laughs> We're going to get a little bit more into that in a minute, but do you want to tell us about what you were doing before? Because your escape story is a bit interesting. Um, your previous job was quite exciting um, by most people's standards. It wasn't bad, yeah. <laughs> Um, I used to work as media and communications manager for a music company here in Berlin, which I did for about three years. Um, so it involved quite a lot of travel, um, speaking different languages, uh, going to free concerts, networking with people. There were lots of perks to the job, for sure. <laughs> so, so far, no one's feeling sorry for you, having, <laughs> having had this awesome job working um, for this music festival company. Um, so what was it that kind of drove you to move um, more into, into your illustrations and pursuing that as a, as a career? Yeah. 
Well, I think as good as the job was, it was something that I kind of accidentally fell into in a way. I really wanted to come to Berlin um, for the creative scene there. For I knew it was a very like arty place and there was a lot going on in illustration, which was always my passion. So I just tried to find a way to come there and I managed to get this job. Um, so that kind of set me up. But I just sort of found myself getting more and more absorbed into it and it was kind of becoming a career in a sense that I wasn't really sure if that was what I wanted. Um, having always wanted to pursue illustration as my main career, so. Okay, so you're three years into this awesome job, which I'm still, I'm still not feeling sorry for you, but you're three years into this awesome job. You've come to Berlin to pursue um, your illustration. What, what was the tipping point? Was there some kind of epiphany where you woke up one day and, and realized that you weren't there doing what you had intended to do? Yeah, I think so. I think I realized that I was kind of, I'd kind of forgotten about it in a way almost. I was getting really absorbed in this job and I could have turned it into some sort of career. Um, but then I wasn't passionate about it. It wasn't really, you know, I don't want to wake up in 10 years time and find myself in that position still. Um, you know, I realized that it was kind of now or never to make the change and pursue what I really wanted to do. Okay, so then how in practical terms did you go about making that change? I think the first thing was to realize that I needed a bit of money behind me. Like you can't just expect to do illustration and make money from it straight away. It's going to take a bit of time to build that up. Um, so I set myself up with a bit of money and then um, quit my job. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and then I started to build a portfolio of work, which was at the beginning mainly from personal projects. I kind of set myself goals of what I needed in my portfolio. I'd got advice from a few people in the industry. Um, and then I started building up an online presence, which I think is actually a really crucial thing to do. Um, I built myself a website. I started sharing stuff on my personal Facebook profile. I set up a Twitter account and I joined the Association of Illustrators. Okay, so lots of lots of little things that kind of helped start to cement your place in the world of illustration on a more full-time basis then. Um, you talked about, um, you know, the importance of having some kind of financial <laughs> spot set aside before you made that leap. How long did that take you to build up and were you, were you working on your illustrations on the side at the same time or was it a complete clean switch from one to the other? Um, it was a bit of an overlap, but yeah, I, you know, I spent a few months kind of working towards it and then, yeah, come January, I just decided to make the clean break and just give it a go full time. Okay. Um, for people that have kind of not come across your work yet, would you want to tell us a little bit more about it? How, how would you describe it? Um, everything I do is kind of handmade. I use a traditional dip pen and ink. Um, I use a lot of colour and pattern. Um, and I think I have a lot of humour in my work. So I, as I said, I really want to get into the children's book industry. Um, so a lot of the things I do are kind of geared towards kids, but at the same time you have to kind of make it accessible for adults as well, because at the end of the day they're the ones who are going to be reading the books to the kids and they have to kind of enjoy it as well. So I think it's quite versatile. 
And so with with doing those kind of children's stories, are you doing them purely for illustration, with, or are you also writing alongside that? What kind of age group are they are they pitched at? And um, they're picture books, so they're for quite young children, kind of up to the age of five or six. Um, I also, yeah, I've written a couple of stories myself, and that would be the ultimate dream to be an author illustrator. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a draft of a picture book which I've just sent to a publisher for some feedback. So fingers crossed, waiting to hear from that. That's exciting. Yeah, That's very exciting. So these, you know, you mentioned um, getting advice from people in the industry. You've mentioned getting in touch with a publisher. How how did you initially go about? finding out who those people were to be able to get in contact with them. Yeah, I think initially I kind of looked at my existing network of people and kind of asked around, got contacts through friends of friends. Then when I started using my Facebook social media to spread a bit of word about what I was doing, stuff started coming to me in a way, which was really good. Um, Twitter was something I hadn't really used that much before, but I was really surprised at how people I didn't even know would get in contact with me and offer me work. So that's been really exciting. Um, I had a company from Canada contact me about doing a children's book app. So that's just really like really incredible. unexpected places. And I think that's what the internet's kind of opened up is that you can have international contacts from all over the place. You don't, it's fine for me to be based in Berlin, but working with people in London or in Scotland and yeah that's been a good development. So that's pretty exciting getting your work out all over the world and getting involved in, in lots of different types of projects I mean did you did you imagine that that's what it would look like when you when you made the break or, or were, you, were you thinking more along kind of traditional illustration lines? Yeah I think I was thinking along traditional illustration lines I think because I hadn't been you know really working in the industry I didn't know about all the possibilities that existed so Quite a lot of what I've been doing since I've quit is to research that and to find out what's available. And in a way that's great because there's so much out there that you can do. It also gets kind of distracting and I think you need to sort of focus at some point and yeah, focus in a couple of areas maybe and say, you know, I want to do children's book illustrations, some editorial. Um, but yeah, it's amazing all the possibilities that are out there. And what what would you say inspires your work then so some of your non-commissioned original pieces what where do you draw your inspiration from um I, I think a lot of other illustrators are really inspiring to me or other artists when you kind of see what what's possible what people can do um there's a picture book author called oliver jeffers who wrote he kind of became famous with a book called Lost and Found um, and he's recently done one called The Day the Crayons Quit and he's just got a really quirky sense of humour, just really amazing original ideas um, and another illustrator I love is called David Roberts and he's worked a lot with Julia, Julia Donaldson who's the children's laureate until recently and I think yeah having a couple of figures that you can kind of take inspiration from and see how they've done it and kind of try and follow that path a bit, it's actually really inspiring. All very, very different from the world I'm in, a bit full of pictures and instead of words, but it, I think it's great. And I think, again, another lesson for, for people that are listening or watching in the power of the internet in, in kind of networking and identifying opportunities. I mean, where, can you name any of the, the sites or, or publications online or offline that you have used to find 
competitions or, or opportunities for your work? Um, one, one place that I think is really good for putting your own work out there in a sense and then um, getting commissions from is Illustration Friday. It's every week they've got a new topic um, and you've got to submit your, your illustration idea for that particular topic. I think that's really good training for how to, um, you know, how to go about submitting work. Um, also, I'd recommend the Association of Illustrators for not only finding opportunities, but also getting advice. They're amazing in terms of telling you stuff about how to price your work, um, you know, about professional practice, about courses, about everything, all the ins and outs, and you can kind of contact them um, five days a week. So that's, that's been really good. And is that is that an international organisation or are they based in Berlin? They're based in the UK, yeah, but they're international, so. Okay. So it's lots of help out there. Did you did you you mentioned courses? So have you taken any courses to kind of hone your your craft, or is it just something that you found came naturally to you? Um, no, I have done courses. I like from quite a young age. I always knew I wanted to do something to do with art. But hadn't quite figured out what um, and at the same time I was kind of academic so I, I went to university followed that route but at the same time I did lots of part-time courses I was always interested in illustration and animation so I did um, courses at the Edinburgh Art College in both of those um, I've always done life drawing classes and kind of yeah tried to keep it up on the side and I think there's so much out there that it won't be difficult to find is it is it expensive to, to kind of pursue these courses? Are they, you know, are they are they flexible and when they when they actually hold them? Because I know a lot of people find that trying to fit any form of activity or, or you know pastime around work is tricky enough. If you then build in having to go to a course or um, yeah. attend the classroom on a particular day or time, I mean, how how easy is it to fit around something if you're in in the process of making a transition? Yeah. I think it depends. I mean, you definitely get evening classes that are a couple of hours a week or something um, and aren't too expensive if it's something like life drawing. So that I think is quite easy to fit in. The illustration and animation course I did was summer school. So that's a bit more of a commitment um, and a bit pricier as well. But you can get support for that kind of thing as well. Okay. And then there's in those classes, because I think sometimes people are a bit scared about going into an environment where they feel that people might have a lot more experience um, than them or they might be a lot further along. How did you find that coming into it? I mean, you, you said you've always been interested in and always been developing artistic side, but coming from that into, from, from a, sorry, from a, from a job in a completely different field into that, did you, did you find it daunting or was it, did you find people quite welcoming and supportive? I think um people are really welcoming welcoming and supportive but psychologically somehow i had the feeling like i'm not qualified to do it you know like um yeah but i think that's you know that's something that comes from me it's not like people out there in the industry you find so many successful illustrators who are self-taught and who haven't done the degree in it and i don't think that's some that's a requirement at all so i think people are very open to it okay so You've made this transition, you started getting commissions coming in through Twitter and putting your work out there on Facebook, you've built up your website. 
how quickly did, did stuff start to roll in for you? Did you find that you, you were really kind of having to push yourself out there and push your work out there for a while or, or did things start inbound as it were? I was surprised how quickly stuff came to me and I think that was um, really through the online stuff, through Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's amazing like when you put stuff out there, especially like friends of friends and things can be really helpful in finding opportunities. So yeah, I didn't, I haven't really struggled so far, fingers crossed, to, to find stuff, but I think it will be ups and downs. I don't think um, <laughs> it's going to be steady work forever and that's something you've got to kind of accept being an in industry that um yeah you're going to have to look for work you're going to have to find new sources new places to find it so yeah okay so that is usually i think quite a big barrier for people when they're making that transition and making their name for themselves that's if that's been a little bit more straightforward for you what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to face since embarking on this as a, as a full-time career I think the transition from being employed to being your own boss can be quite a struggle um, in the sense that you've got to keep yourself motivated and structured um, and be quite strict about what you do and when. And it can be a bit lonely as well. You're working, I'm working from home and working by myself. So yeah, just making that transition is can be a bit of a shock. Um, I think you've just got to make sure that you you get outside, you make contact with other people who are doing the same thing as you and kind of get that support. Okay. And what about the highlight of your journey so far then? What's been, what's been the most exciting thing that's happened as you've embarked on this? Uh, I think just seeing my work published has been really exciting. Um, I was invited to do some work for a website called Broken London, um, which was great being from London. It felt like kind of something that I really wanted to do. <laughs> um, and they invited me to do a piece about London for their second anniversary. So that was a really nice commission and great to see it published. Mm. Um, and then also selling my prints. Um, yeah, just selling prints and realizing that someone's going to have it on their wall, something that I've made is, is a really good feeling. It's pretty exciting, isn't it? <laughs> have, you had, have you had lots of um, friends or family purchase your prints? Have you, have you ever walked in anywhere and gone, oh, I recognise that? Um, I had actually one friend of mine bought uh, one of my original drawings for a friend for her birthday because she really liked it. Um, so that was really exciting because I think she was really touched that he'd, he'd done that for her. So that's really nice. And to see it up on her wall as well is great. There's <laughs> something quite personal about it, isn't it, that you, you perhaps don't get from, you know, very commercial, uh, unoriginal work and prints and, and things like that. So it's obviously, it's obviously working very well and there's obviously a market for it. Um, I think, yeah. What, you know, is it competitive? Are there lots of other people? You mentioned finding a, a niche, but is it even once you've found that, is it quite competitive? Definitely, yeah. I mean... There are thousands and thousands of people who want to do it. I mean, and there's so many good people out there as well. It's just kind of, um, it's a bit daunting, I think. But you've just got to, if you've got belief in what you do and that what you think is good, then hopefully you'll find other people who agree with you and just build it up slowly. And how, how much do you think um, 
you know, word of mouth and, and the recommendations of people and fans of followers of your work is important versus perhaps more kind of critical assessment in terms of entering and winning competitions or awards. Where do you get the balance lies? I don't think it would hurt to win competitions and awards, but <laughs> um, I think word of mouth is really important because clients want to know that you've, you know, if they'll have recommendations of people that you're easy to work with. I mean, that's a key thing in illustration because you're working to a brief and you're working for clients usually. So um, people want to know that you're good to work with. So, yeah, I think that getting recommendations of people is probably ultimately the most important thing. But in terms of exposure, yes, it's, I think it's good to keep entering competitions and hoping that your work gets more and more popular and out there. Okay. And thinking more then about how, you know, how a typical day looks like for you. And, uh, and you mentioned, you know, I, I'm certainly familiar with that feeling of being at home and feeling quite isolated when you're working on, on your own work. But how, how do you manage that what does your day look like how do you make sure that you get that balance whilst getting your work done yeah um i think i don't really have a typical day in terms of what i actually do because it will depend on what project i'm doing so sometimes i'll be running around going to the printers getting stuff made or i'll be out researching taking photographs or i'll have to do you know admin well actually i always have to do admin and that's kind of an everyday thing <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think the key key thing is just getting up in the morning. I tend to go for a run, have some coffee, and just get a solid block of work in before lunch, um, and try to keep it quite structured, sort of nine till five. Okay, so so you moved into this free working space, and you're still trying to keep to a nine to five. Is that because you find it easier to kind of manage the workload by having set working hours, or or to to kind of fit with what everyone else around you is doing or I think it's, it's a bit of both really but I think it I think for me I really need a structure um to keep motivated and to keep going and feel like I'm achieving things so I think yeah working nine to five kind of seems like a sensible option um, it is also nice to be able to have your weekends free to hang out with people obviously but um you know I think it, it also doesn't always work to be to be honest like sometimes you'll have projects on that need to be done so you'll be working late or at weekends and other times you'll kind of yeah you be uh, yeah <laughs> always always changing and always balancing no no two days are the same which i think is quite a common theme emerging as i as i talk to more and more guests in terms of people then who are thinking about making that transition into illustration you know you've mentioned the key things to kind of build up an online presence and, and start looking and researching into um, to opportunities and, and joining um, networks of, of illustrators or associations for that support. In terms of personality, um, mm. what what would you say are the most kind of important factors or personality traits for someone to really make that transition and be successful as an illustrator? I think. The key thing is that you've got to have creativity and imagination and a certain level, level of technical skill as well. Um, but also you've got to have belief in what you do and be able to persevere because you're going to face a lot of rejection. You've got to be able to want to carry on. Um, 
And I think another thing is just to enjoy what you do as well, because once you make your passion your job, it can be quite easy to almost lose that enjoyment. And you've got to kind of keep reminding yourself that, you know, why you're doing it and that you love it. I think, again, something quite common amongst a lot of my guests. I know I have moments where I want to throw my laptop out the window. <laughs> don't want to type it. Don't want to write words anymore. It's become stressful. But, yeah, you, you know, you do it for the, the sheer passion and the joy of doing it. For you now, what what would you say is the balance of kind of personal illustration projects and, and moving more towards making um, children's uh, illustrated picture books versus the commercial workload? How are you, how are you finding that? Sorry, what do you mean? The, you, you're doing commercial work for clients yeah. as well as working on your own personal illustration projects. I'm just wondering what the balance of that is for you. Um, um, I think that, I mean, as I said, I really want to move into children's book illustration. So that's something that I'm going to keep working on. In a sense, that's a personal project. Um, so that will always be in the background. But I think that doing the commercial stuff is really important to build up a portfolio and get a name made for myself. So, yeah, I'm really I'm going to kind of try and push that over the next few months, I think. So we're going to hopefully see, you know, Hannah Arzen's debut children's picture book coming soon <laughs> to store near, near you. What else can we expect from you over the next couple of months? What other projects are in the pipeline? Um, I think, yeah, I'll just be working on... on hearing back from publishers about my first draft and things um, and I'll just be looking out for other opportunities maybe doing some more commissions for magazines and websites um, and I'll be setting up a shop on Etsy as well to sell some of my prints and other illustrated products so look out for that. You're going to be very very busy indeed by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay and, and in the meantime where can people find you online or, or get in touch with you? Um, by my website, which is hannahrazen.com, or I'm on Twitter as well. Which is where you can get your bespoke commissions, and I, I for a while, am definitely going to be <laughs> hitting you up for a commission to go on my wall. Well, that's all. Thank you very much for being our guest on Escape Artist today, Hannah. It Thank was you. lovely to have you. This was the fourth episode of Escape Artist with me, Marisha Pink. You can find out more about the programme on my website, mauritiapink.com. And you can also sign up to the newsletter there to make sure you don't miss the following episode. And for all you lucky subscribers, this week we've got five free greeting cards and giveaway that have been designed by the wonderful, talented illustrator that is Hannah Arson. So um, make sure you sign up. You've got to be in it to win it, as they say. Um, you can also contact me on Twitter at Marisha Pink. Uh, hit the YouTube subscribe button or the iTunes podcast subscribe button. And I will see you in a fortnight's time. Until next time, happy escaping. Bye.